Hey, hey, hey! Welcome all you Courageous Cause Champions! It's a Courageous Weekend. We got Lori Kitty here. She's being courageous. Oh, she's actually just looking for some food. Hi, Lori. She doesn't want to eat the food I put out for her. Poor girl. Poor girl. Sorry, I'll get you something in a minute. So this is a podcast episode 68 of the Couch to 5A podcast. You're listening to Lainey Friedrich and seeing me on the video. It is day 44 of the Change the World in 80 Days Challenge. And today's title is, Sometimes when you hit a wall, you just got to pitch a tent. This has been a few couple of days where I just feel like with the marketing stuff, I have hit a wall and I cannot, there's no good solution that is presenting itself um, in any quick fashion. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to kind of mentally pitch a tent right in front of the wall and just do what I got with what I got right now. That's all I'm going to do. So with that mindset, um, I, you, those of you who listened to yesterday's episode, you saw that uh, it was Saturday morning and I went to the farmer's market and I got all sorts of yummy stuff. And then I went to Nutrifoods and I got more yummy stuff. And then I uh, ended up driving out to Chelsea, Michigan, which is about an hour long drive. And it took, oh, probably took an hour and 20 or more because they were the sign said that they were doing some patching or something. I didn't actually come upon the patching but crew, but I did come upon the, like the backup of the, of 696, um, which I, I just, I should have followed my GPS. It was telling me to go like Southfield road down to I-96 and I, I didn't listen to it. Uh, and I got stuck on 696 in the backup for a little while. So it took me a little longer than I had expected and I think I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, the reason that um, from um, the change in plans from Friday when I said, oh, I'm not going to feel guilty about going out to Chelsea um, and then deciding I'm going to go out to Chelsea is because you got to give time to the people who give time to you. You got to love the people who love you back. And um, favorite Aunt Joe, uh, Paul's favorite Aunt Joe, who's like a sister to her. She always goes by favorite Aunt Joe. Um, she is awesome. She's really cool. She sends me uh, fun messages and she does all kinds of stuff for um, them for their birthdays and holidays and um, has given me stuff for Easter's and Christmases and so super generous person. And I thought, you know what, she's doing this sweater. Uh, she, she's um, selling her sweaters at this art thing. So I'm going to go check it out. It was a sunny day. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, so I got in the car and one of the um, guys in the Funnel Alumni um, Facebook group, the marketing group, he had posted this inspirational video uh, from Les Brown. And I don't really know who Les Brown was or is or um, the history there was, but super motivational. He was telling all these stories and it was great to see how he was like taking the story and then, you know, weaving the end uh, out of it since we're learning, you know, storytelling, like storytelling to sell, sell or storytelling to break people's beliefs um, and instill in them a new belief. And he was doing that all kinds of that, like one after the other, after the other. It was great to just kind of listen to it from the uh, perspective of, hey, this is kind of a marketing thing. Um, 
yeah, and he's he's just a phenomenal speaker. And then some of his stories were so motivating and so um, touching. I was crying. I'm tr I'm trying to drive, you know, on the freeway, 70 miles an hour or whatever, and you know, tears running down my face because it just like some of them just like rang so true for me. And I was like, that's part of like hitting the wall and then just parking there for a while, pitching the tent, so to speak, is that. It's giving me a, this time is giving me a chance to let other people come to me with stuff that is helpful instead of me always trying to seek, 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 search, 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 race, race, race after um, fixes and answers and next steps and, and try and figure it out, figure it all out for myself. So I've just been kind of like sitting down, excuse me, um, excuse me again, um, a little burpees here. I don't know where that's all from. And, uh, yeah, wait till I tell you about what happened last night. <laughs> um, so I ended up just being so motivated by his, his talk. And then, you know, as I'm driving, 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 the, that video ran through and as YouTube is want to do, uh, it, which is a good thing when you're driving, you don't want to have to mess with anything, you know, they click into another one. So kept going and going and going and I'll put the link in here. Uh, it was titled, um, it's not over until I win and um, it's possible or something like that. So it's not over here. It's not over until you win. Your dream is possible. Les Brown. That's the YouTube. Uh, that's the title of it on YouTube. And it like just coming away from that with it's possible. And, and, you know, he says, and this is always, always a good thing, you know, surround yourself with people that, um, believe in what you're trying to do as well. N not, forget about the naysayers. I mean, seriously, like, why is that helpful? It's not helpful. Anyway, wanna, so I went to this and I saw the sweaters that Favorite Aunt Joe makes. And look, I bought one. You can't see it, obviously, if you're on the podcast, but it's this beautiful, like, saw. I mean, these are so, let me explain what um, Joe does for these sweaters. She takes old cashmere sweaters and washes them in really hot water to make sure that they're as shrunk as they can possibly get. And then she cuts the fabric into pieces and makes new sweaters out of the old cashmere fabric, which I think is so cool because before I went vegan, I loved buying cashmere sweaters. And I actually gave her a ton of mine last year that had just like stretched out of shape or whatever. Anyway, she makes these phenomenal sweaters and the sweater is so beautiful. It's like a soft, soft, like an Easter, Easter time kind of a yellow, just real soft, pastel, more of a pastel yellow. And it's got some um, stitching detail along the front. And then it's got kind of a flared out waist at the bottom and she's, she used um, grays and blue fabric. And on the one, she's got two cute buttons on the front or not buttons, um, pockets on the front. And one of them has the big maize and blue M for go blue, which is why I'm wearing my um, Michigan um, little cap today uh, because uh, I am in the go blue mode. And then the sleeves, um, so the sleeves then she made with, I, um, this is so cool. It's just like the yellow and then it's um, a stripe kind of around like an armband, almost stripe around um, one of the, well, both arms in gray fabric. And then there's another stripe um, as you head down the, the sleeve towards the hand that's like a cable knit 
that came from like a cable knit sweater. I don't know if you can really see that or not. Yeah, there you go. And then there's another one with yellow and then another one with a, that was a darker yellow and then a, more of a pale, even more pale yellow and then yellow and then blue on the sleeves. And the sleeves are super long, which is wonderful because it's, you know, if sleeves aren't long enough, you're out of luck, you know, but if they're nice and long, especially in the wintertime and you can, you know, cover your knuckles and stuff, it's great. And that's how long these were. And then, you know, you can roll up the sleeves if you want them shorter. So it's got a nice V-neck collar and these cute little, like these cute, oh, and the button, uh, I keep calling them buttons. The pockets are, um, this feels like a denim fabric. So it's got lots of cool textures and she does this really cool stitching um, in the sections where she's pieced the different things, uh, a fabric together in the back. She did some creative stitching um, along the back. Really super cool. Like every single sweater she makes is, is different and unique and they're all different sizes because she doesn't, um, you know, she doesn't follow like a particular pattern. So, um, and I tried on uh, quite a few of the ones that she had. I think she said she had like 36 or something. She said something like that in the 30s, I'm pretty sure. And I tried on and had her take pictures because she wanted kind of like to be able to show people what they look like on. She, we took a bunch of pictures with probably maybe eight of them or something that I really liked. So I bought this one and she gave me the friends and family discount, which was so nice. And I put another one. I just had to reserve it for me because I really, really like it. And I'll get it for myself for my birthday in a couple months. Um, yeah, they're just gorgeous. They're super, you know, super cashmere soft. And it's a, it's a vegan thing because it's, it's repurposed cashmere. So actually I feel like we're honoring the cashmere sheep even more by making sure that their the um, wool that from their um, their coat got is getting reused instead of a sweater just getting put in the trash so yeah that was fun so i drove oh and one of the other vendors that was there at this art thing um was this is this um man who makes this amazingly decorative chocolate and there were, I think I showed no I wouldn't have shown you a picture of that because I wasn't there um till later in the day so yeah so it wasn't in yesterday's video this chocolate these chocolates are you'll find out in a second why I'm not showing you any of them um these chocolates they look like little gemstones I mean they look like pieces of like gem jewelry or something like that I mean they're super glossy lots of different beautiful colors and things like that flavors amazing fillings amazing and I had gotten a little box of them as a gift for Christmas from Paul's uh, cousin who's his dad's cousin so it's like about that you know an age of someone that would be your aunt um she's kind of like an aunt to him but it's his dad's cousin instead of a dad his dad's a sibling um and she gave all of us for christmas these, these little boxes with just four of them in there and i just i like savored it because they were just they were so unique anyway so i was so happy to see him there as vendor and i got yakking with him for a while and ended up buying two boxes of the 10 count um, chocolates. One I had Joe take because it's her dad's 80th birthday today. And they were having a party. And of course, since I'm on outs with Paul, then 
uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to be a part of that. And uh, so I said, oh, why don't you, can you take this for, because I, I forgot that his birthday was coming up since Paul and I aren't hanging out right now. Um, so I said, take this for him for his birthday for me. And then I took the other one home, for the other box for me. Oh, yeah. And I also took, I think I mentioned it in yesterday's that I took one of the loaves of bread zucchini bread to Joe, so she was all happy about that. Oh, and she told me this morning that she actually um, took some of the zucchini bread and sliced it and put it in the toaster. And I thought, that's really cool. It's really, that's really a soft bread, so I, I was wondering if it would be kind of crumbly. She said it wasn't, because um, she had it in the fridge, and I have mine in the fridge too, so I may try that. Um, that would be yummy to have it all heated up like that. So I had, I'm driving home and I get one, you know, get to Royal Oak, uh, get off the freeway and with my sweater in my, in the bag and the chocolates in the bag. And I thought, Ooh, you know, what would taste really good with those chocolates, some port wine. Yeah. So I pulled into holiday market right there at 696 and main street. And I went in there and I looked for some port wine and I was trying to remember what kind of wine or wines that I had had um, last Saturday when I was out with my guy friends. And I get at Lily's Seafood, they have this uh, dessert wine flight. So it's four, no, five, five dessert wines. And I got that and I love it. And I had marked down on the sheet of paper, like which ones I liked in what order. And I uh, couldn't. I remember the one was from Chateau Chantal, which is up in Traverse City, and they did not have a dessert wine from that winery at the store. And then I was a little vague on what the other one was, because when I looked on the menu online, um, I was trying to look at and see, they just had dessert wines listed. They didn't have a listing of what they put in that dessert flight. So I kind of guessed, um, I got home and I had guessed wrong because the from the one being the best to five being the one I liked the least, I ended up buying at the store the one that I liked the least. But I thought, well, maybe it won't be that bad because I won't have four other wines to compare it to. It's just going to be the one and it's going to be with the chocolate. So I thought for a few minutes about running back to the store and getting something else, but I was kind of in for the night and didn't feel motivated to do that. And then the other part of me was like, well, I could not open it and go back the next day and try and you know, you know, return that one, get another one. And then I thought, no, I, I wanted to come home and have some chocolate, have some wine, pull up Netflix and watch my favorite, favorite, favorite mini series, which is called North and South. It's a BBC production. I have watched it, I don't know probably 25 times. I swear I've watched that. I mean, every couple of months, it seems like I'm in the mood to watch that. I love it. I mean, the acting is phenomenal. The directing is phenomenal. The cinematography is amazing. I just, and the story is just, it's so emotional. I just love it. So that was going to be my chick night, you know, come home and, you know, I hit a wall and I'm, I'm pitching my tent. Um, you know, 
sometimes when you hit a wall, just pitch a tent. And I thought, I'm just going to do the stuff that I enjoy, the parts that are working well. But guess what happened, folks? I, well, I ate dinner because I was hungry. So I ate dinner as I'm watching the Netflix, North and South. And I start eating a chocolate, have a little wine, another chocolate, have a little wine. And this mini series is probably six hours long. So, you know, I mean, I'm hours into this and I'm having a little chocolate, having a little wine, having a little chocolate, having a little wine. I ended up consuming all 10 pieces of chocolate and the entire bottle of wine. And it wasn't like a full, like a standard bottle of wine. It was more of a bottle. It wasn't a demi bottle. Uh, it wasn't a demi bouteille. Um, it was not a half bottle size. It was kind of like a three quarters bottle size. Sometimes the, you know, the stronger ones are like that. Holy cow, that was such a bad idea. I mean, it was so tasty and I was just like, oh, I just want to enjoy. I just want to savor these flavors, savor the flavor. And I just kept eating it and sipping and sipping some more and sipping some more. And I don't drink much at all. And one drink usually like knocks me out. I get up to go to the bathroom a couple hours, I don't know, maybe by that time, maybe four hours into this mini series or five hours into something like that. I, the room is like spinning as I'm trying to find my way to the bathroom. My head is just swirling. Oh, I get to the bathroom, you know, go to the bathroom and I'm like, ah, I'm in trouble. This is not going to be good. I was like, you know, this, I usually feel like crap the next day from a caffeine, which there's a lot in chocolate, so chocolate, and then B from drinking anything, alcoholic. I always feel like crap the next day. Both of those things just knock me out. Um, but I was just savoring, I was savoring the flavoring, and I... I was like, this is just not going to be good. So I had the um, mind, the, had the foresight to dump out the contents of my little trash. I have two trashes in my bathroom. I have one for trash, which has a plastic bag, you know, like a reused grocery bag or whatever, and put the trash in there. And then the other one I have for recycle stuff. So, you know, toilet tissue rolls or... Um, Anything that's that's recyclable, I just have a second um, plastic trash um, thing for that. So I was like, you know what? I am hoping, at this point now, I'm hoping that I will barf because I'm like, this is making my head spin so badly that if this goes through my body, I am going to not be able to get up off the bed tomorrow. So I kind of like wished for it to just exit stage north instead of going through the whole system and exiting stage south tomorrow. And so I came back to the bed with the plastic trash um, container in hand and it was not long 
at all before my body had the same idea that this had been way, 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 way too much. And I am trying, I could not, I can't even, you cannot even remember the last time I barfed the, I mean, before last night, because last night was the last time I know that for a fact, because I was cleaning out all of that this morning. Uh, yeah, that wasn't pretty, but it had been recent enough that going out was kind of same as coming in and it was like chocolate and port. So it was good. It was not all like nasty acidic stomach juices yet that hadn't even had time to yet to, to get all, get it yucky. So it was still like, you know, just wine, um, and chocolate. Oh, so yeah. So I threw up a number of times into the trash thing and, um, and then fell asleep. And I woke up the next morning, this morning, and I felt like crap, but I didn't feel like total crap. And I could get up off the bed and my head was not spinning. And I was grateful for that. I was grateful that I had bought at Kroger yesterday, a bunch of cut up fruit. And I started with that because I'm like, let's start simple, leave, let it be simple. So I had some cut up fruit first. And then I think if I will gotten it, I think I just let it, left it at that for a period of time. I came back upstairs and put some of the stuff on the computer for business um, stuff that I felt motivated to do. And then a little while later, I was like hungry for real food. So I thought, okay, there's that, the brat, you know, when your stomach's been upset, like after you get the stomach flu, it's the brat, it's the banana, rice, applesauce, toast, you know, those are the things you're supposed to eat when your stomach's been unsettled. And I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I had a sour stomach or anything, but I just thought, let's just keep it simple for the morning. So I had some rice and I ate that, warmed that up, ate that. And I had, uh, at the farmer's market, I had bought that yummy, yummy, yummy um, butternut squash soup. So I ate some of that. It was very soothing. And I, I felt okay. I mean, I still felt kind of like, ugh. Kinda, but it was a normal day after I've had a drink. Ugh, it wasn't, you know, this is awful. I didn't, it didn't feel like a hangover or something, I don't think. I just, like, this is only the third time in my life that I have, that I can recall that I have thrown up because of overindulging in alcohol. One, the first time was very, very memorable. It was my uh, sister's, my middle sister's wedding. I was 18 at the time. I was a bridesmaid and we were, I don't know why they let me drink. Um, I was mixing so many different things, Long Island iced teas and I don't even remember what else. I probably had seven or eight drinks that night, which was way more. And, you know, they always tell you, don't mix up your drinks. Like, whatever you're going to drink, just drink that thing. If you're drinking wine, stick with wine. If you're drinking mixed drinks, stay with the same mixed drink. I don't know if that really makes a difference. But um, I did not heed that call at all. And, uh, yeah, so I puked in the 
groomsman's car, uh, um, right? I don't, I don't know how close we were to my house when I grew up in his car. But anyway, that I remember being having a horrible hangover. I thought I, I felt like I was going to die for like two days after that. Like it, it just hurt to move. Um, I don't know how, why my family let me do that. Maybe they just thought it was a good lesson. Um, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they were supposed to serve me at the hall. Anyway. And then I think there was a, I think it happened once when I was married. Cause I seem to remember puking in the toilet. Um, which is always, always, always unpleasant. That's another good reason to have plastic um, garbage containers available so that you don't have to use the toilet at all for that until like after the fact and then you gotta you know dump it in the toilet but and then clean it out in the shower the next morning like I did this, this morning I'll clean out the container they, and nothing else if nothing else the positive that came out of it is my trash then got cleaned and hadn't been clean in a while so that was my mischief well do not do this. So I thought, so I was, um, I had on my calendar to today to go to Reiki share at two. I had on my list a bunch of other stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to back in the house and um, straighten up just a couple of things up and blah, blah, blah. I did putz around on the computer for work stuff sitting in bed this morning, but pretty much nothing else productive got done. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. It's, it's only quarter to nine and I'm already falling asleep because uh, because my body got taxed so much last night apparently you can tell I'm, I'm stuffy I don't know why my nose is red and I'm congested so I'm probably still dehydrated I've been trying to drink water today as much as I can I uh I went to rate I felt better on and I ended up going to Reiki share which I'm so glad I did it was so uh I love doing Reiki share. So Reiki share is um, Reiki level. There's three levels of Reiki. There's level one, level two, and then master teacher level. So when you become a Reiki master, you're also expected to teach Reiki uh, to other people so that you can bring them up and have them become Reiki practitioners too. And I have, um, I took a class at a church in the area in 2011 to, to do my Reiki 1 training and my Reiki 2 training. And I've been attuned in both of those levels from that, that training. And so I practiced level 2 for a while. And then, I don't know, uh, it must have been when I left the bank. So maybe three years ago or so, I took I bought an online class. Hey, Alvita! Um, I took an online class and in uh, Reiki that's all three of them, which was a nice refresher. And I really like how she covered the material. And uh, as part of that, I kind of looked around for other Reiki groups to do what's called a Reiki share. And so for this one, as long as you've been at least attuned in Reiki one, level one, um, you can come to the share. And maybe I've described this before. I feel like I've talked about this already in the podcast, but mm, those some of you may not have heard that episode. It's, you know, they, for Reiki, you use a massage table 
and the person who's receiving the Reiki gets on the table. And then in the Reiki share, all of us are around that person on the table and we're all giving them Reiki energy at the same time, which is super, super powerful. I mean, it's like amped up way up compared to just like one practitioner and one person on the table. And not only that, but the person on the table is also a Reiki practitioner. So Reiki, the way I describe Reiki to people is that Reiki is like, like you, when you, everybody has, everybody has Reiki capability. Um, hey girl, how are you? That's Alvita. Those of you listening on the podcast, Miss Chicago, Chicago. She's here, but she's from Chicago. She loves Chicago. Um, so Reiki, the way I describe it is that if you, like when you walk into a room and you're like, whoa, I feel tension in the room, or you're like, you walk into a party and you're like, oh, I love the vibe of this party. Like you're already kind of a human antenna. You're picking up on those vibrations. And so in a Reiki session, your antenna and my antenna connect. And so my antenna, which is um, more, um, I guess, fine-tuned, through the Reiki classes that I've taken and the attunements that I've had and just practicing it, it's a, I have, I guess, a greater awareness so I can pick up on more stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, a little, like most people are like this little transistor radio, you know, which was like radio station, radio station. You know, if you're really clear, like if the, if the vibration is really, really loud and apparent, then you'll pick up on it with this basic antenna. But if you're Reiki attuned, then your antenna can pick up a lot more. It's like a ham radio operator who is talking to somebody in Russia because they can pick up so much, uh, so much greater um, information. So it's like, I don't know, like, um, like cellular tower or something, <laughs> bigger cellular tower. So anyway, in a Reiki session, you put your the two antennas become joined basically. And so I add my um, capabilities to your capabilities. And so it amplifies both. And so a lot of messages will come through. Like um, I get information from the divine and I share it with the person on the table. And sometimes they will hear information. And if they let me know, then I can, um, you know, get, ask for more information or, uh, or whatever. It's, it ends up being like a three-way conversation between the person on the table, me, and the source, whatever you want to call that out there. And when you have more practitioners around the table all doing this, in addition to the person on the table being like the ham radio, like all these, it's like all these powerful cellular towers all together and we can pick up on a lot of information. And what's really super cool, and it happened a lot today, is that one of us as a practitioner will be picking up on information from the divine and we'll say it. And the other person will say like, Oh my gosh, yep. I got that same message. And it's like, of course you did because we're all talking to the same out there source of this information, but it just kind of validates it for us that this is a real thing. Like it's real, whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it collective consciousness or, you know, God, you know, that God is a term or angels or spirits or whatever, whatever you think is out there. It's super cool. And there's, there's a lot more to it, like hand positioning and whatever. That's the basic gist of it. 
So it was so interesting to go to Reiki share today. And I asked them to do me first because I was like, I didn't tell them until after mine was done about my little, I don't know if you were on Alvita by that time, but um, I, I drank a whole bottle of wine last night and proceeded to barf up most of it before the, the evening was over. It was not a good night. I mean, it was good while I was eating it with the chocolates, but the rest of it did not play out well. Although it's better that it came out because if that had gone through my system, it had been a, a whole lot worse. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? So Reiki. So I just figured, you know, let me get everything clear out of me. And, and then it was just, I had brought my, um, Reiki symbols because I don't have them memorized yet for the master level because I've been attuned for master already. And, and everything was just so powerful. All the messages were really, really strong and, and I loved it. And one of the guys was joking. He's like, maybe that was good. Maybe you needed to like do a cleanse or something. I'm like, you know, maybe I could market that. I could call it like the Portuguese chocolate, you know, cleanse or something. And, and then I was like, no, I really do not wish that experience on anybody. It was not fun while I was in it. Um, it was fun drinking the wine and eating the chocolates, but then the body, you know, rejecting that idea was not fun. <laughs> anyway, that was my day. So that, I hope, uh, let's see, there, I wrote down here. Stopped. Oh, the last thing, I wrote a list, so I made sure I would cover everything I want to talk about today. The last thing, and it, um, that Les Brown um, YouTube video about it's possible, it's possible, uh, reminded me that don't talk to people that don't think that you're, what you're working on is possible because they're just, they, they're not going to help you find the answer. And um, to, yes, today I've been um, chatting with a couple of these guys from this funnel um, marketing group that I've asked for advice for before, they're very willing to throw their advice in there. But every time I do it, like they, they never really support what I'm working on. And I just thought today, I was like, you know what, enough. If you are not, you're really not giving me anything that's working, even though you're saying what I'm trying to do isn't working and that I need to change it. When I try your change, it doesn't really work either. And you all are still learning yourself. So, and they always preface it with, well, I'm not familiar with, you know, I'm not really your target market. It's not really my industry. And I'm thinking to myself, then we probably shouldn't be talking because it, you know, you're, you're not, here I am, I've hit this wall and I've pitched my tent to kind of settle in and use what I can. I don't want people at my campsite that are not, um, I mean, they can come and visit, but don't be critic criticizing what I'm doing. You know, it's, um, it's, it's not helpful. And Les Brown talks about that. He's like, don't, you know, don't be around people who don't see your, not that don't be around them, but don't share what you're working on with your dreams with them. If they're just, if they're just bringing you down about it, because they're not, they're not helping you move in that direction, move closer to it. They're really just stopping you more. They're like, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. They're, they're like creating more. Um, they're making the wall taller, basically. I just thought of that. Like, so this, um, you know, I'm not talking about the Trump wall, proposed wall. I'm talking about the wall of like, oh, I've hit this roadblock. I don't know what to do next. Like, 
I'm stuck basically. So I'm stuck and they just make it more sticky. Um, and not in a good way, <laughs> not in the sticky kind of way. Like you want your customers to be sticky and buy more stuff or whatever. Um, so I am just pitching my tent. I'm going to just, you know, continue to do the things that I enjoy and um, stay focused. I'm going to, um, the Les Brown video did remind me that um, he, it was very apparent there were a couple of things in there that he's not a law of attraction um, follower um, in, in some of his stuff. So that he wasn't coming from that perspective. And I like that perspective. It's a much more fun perspective. So I, and I, but I did like the idea of being motivated by someone who's really, you know, enthusiastic and, um, has had success with what they're doing. So I'm going to go back to Abraham Hicks stuff and watch their videos and just kind of make a, a point of, again, whatever you feed grows. And so I'm going to, um, feed that law of attraction, I guess, mentality or belief system into what I'm doing. And um, I'm going to run with that. So that's it for now. Oh, I got Pepe here. So those of you watching the video, I'll show you Pepe. Oh, look at my, look at my, he's my um, tuxedo, tuxedo cat. So those of you who are on the podcast, um, Pepe's got like, um, black on his um, ears and face. He's got like a point um, that comes to a peak and his about his forehead of white and his nut muzzle is all white. And then under his chin is white. And so then on his back, he's got, um, he's got like white around his neck. And then he's got black on the top of his body. And then he's got white on his belly. So he's very handsome. He's a very handsome tuxedo kitty. And he's super sweet, except when he's picking on Lori, which he does way too much, way too much, way too much. That's it for today. So sometimes when you hit a wall, you just got to pitch a tent, but do not eat a box of chocolates and a whole, and drink a whole bottle of wine um, because you'll be pitching something else and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> Namaste.